I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's guest is Brooke Kearns. Now Brooke is the marketing director of Give Lively, which is a platform that creates digital products for social good. Before joining Give Lively, um, you know, she was passionate about love, and she still is, I imagine, passionate about love, travel, and interest in societal structures. Brooke became increasingly aware and passionate about the changing social, economic, and gender barriers to equal opportunities and achievements. So she made the move to New York City in 2015 from Georgia, where she, <laughs> lived, where she lived for 10 years building a marketing career at a reputable Fortune 500 IT firm. Her passions are women and girls empowerment, as well as human rights and learning new cultures. So everything basically about this show. Welcome, Brooke. Thank you. I'm so excited uh, to be here and be featured. Well, the, the pleasure is mine. Pleasure is mine. For those listening, we um, Brooke and I worked at the same co-working space for a little bit, and then we used to see each other. And then I, I remember every time I walked out. There was like this ray of sunshine when she came out. So I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was, so I had to put sunshades on. So, um, <laughs> so, so Brooke, why don't you tell the audience how you actually got started? You know, I talked about your Georgia experience and your IT experience, but you know, what was little Brooke like? And then how did oh, she transition? How did she transition into adulthood? And then what were the, the different levels in your, in your passions and, and, um, um, entrepreneurship goals? Yeah, sure. So yeah, so I started out kind of my career, both in my education and then my career in Georgia, where I was very interested in marketing and just honestly more the psychology of it as to what drove certain behaviors within people and how to influence those. So I started my career actually putting that into practice at big tech firms in Atlanta. Tech was really all that was hiring when I got out of school. And it, it was a great place to learn and grow from a marketing perspective. But the whole time I kind of had like that itch, like I feel like a lot of people do where they're happy professionally, you know, they, they feel like they're using skills maybe that they learned, but every day isn't this passionate 
wake up and feel like you're actually making a difference. And as I became, as I, as I had the experience and able to travel internationally more, I kind of quickly saw the world around me and a, a much broader lens. And that made me feel really passionate about certain topics that you mentioned is um, one of the big ones is women's rights and women's basic rights in developing countries and countries that are war torn. And I started learning more and kind of being obsessed with reading more and taking night classes on the topic and, and just became very finally for the first time in my life, really aware of the differences, the dramatic differences and exposure to opportunities that people have based on their geography or their race or their gender or any number of factors that play a huge role in really the exposure and the opportunity to achievement and to basic rights. So I was, you know, passionate about that, learning as much as I could, traveling to new cultures, reading about new cultures, taking classes on economic disparity and gender disparity, and really wanted to channel what I had learned in my great opportunities and success in my marketing career at tech companies and take all of that knowledge and kind of passion and and fuel it into this passion. Give Lively is like, was just a dream when I moved here to New York finding this idea for this company that was funded and was just a goal of being a tech experimental lab to create free services for nonprofits um, was like, it, it was a dream. So I've been here for almost a year and I'm so excited to tell you more about what we're doing and where we're going and hopefully just learn more about how we can help nonprofits and, and those within our society that are trying to do good help provide them with the tools that they need for free. Well, let's talk about the nonprofit society then. You, you, I know you and I have had conversations and you expressed to me that there's this growing disparity in access to yeah. funds in access to funds for nonprofits, uh, you know, especially with the rise of mobile you know, and online donations. Can you, explain, yeah. can you explain that? Yeah. So we're seeing year over year when you look at, at data and trends, I mean, it should be obvious uh, to those of us with, smartphones, but the the comfortability and the expectancy of mobile users to have an easy way to either buy something or donate something on their mobile phone year over year is just exponentially rising. And that's, of course, only predicted to increase. And there's a huge disparity in those nonprofits who are able to adapt to this not only mobile donation, but also online donation in a way that is appealing to mobile users, is a secure transaction that gives users a feeling of a transparent and almost joyful, is what we try to do, a joyful experience when donating and finds them at the right places at the right times to donate. So there's a disparity there on nonprofits and the haves and the have-nots in the nonprofit world those nonprofits who have big budgets and who are well known and who are well, well, you know, already have a, a reputation are able to afford these third party products or they have a whole tech team in house that are building these products that are, you know, working with the next iOS update or whatever it is. And then there are these nonprofits don't even have access to technology at all because they're doing such good work with such small budgets as it is. They can't afford to 
hire a third party service to always be mobile first or to capture these mobile uh, social media dollars, a lot of the bigger nonprofits are able to to use. So we really just noticed that trend and saw that not only is it a trend that's happening now, but it's a trend that's projected to um, the disparities just projected to grow and grow. If there's no solution that is honestly free for these smaller nonprofits that will allow them to capture donations by the modern consumer. Oh, wow. So then with Give Lively, I imagine that you do a lot to, to help bridge some of these uh, disparities and bridge the gaps. What, what have you found that your technology does to help some of these organizations that may not have had um, that awareness before? Yeah, definitely. So at Give Lively, you know, our, our mission is to innovate and come up with modern, unique, joyful tech products for free that help nonprofits raise money for their cause. So right now, Small Token is our main product that's live. And Small Token is a gift-giving um, digital product. Yeah. So I would give you a gift. I'd say, Teo, this was such a great conversation. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Here's a donation to any 501c3. So whichever was your favorite nonprofit, I'd make a donation for any amount. Um, and that money would be directly given to that nonprofit organization. So that's just an easy app and an easy application um, digitally that we've created to allow nonprofits that did not have that technology or did not have that gifting component to be able to access. And even if they don't even know about our products, um, that's the way a lot of nonprofits, smaller ones even find out about us is we send them a check or we wire the funds and we say, hey, we've raised X amount of dollars on your behalf this month. And when we send over our monthly check, they're like, who are you? Thank you. What is this? And then we explain kind of, you know, we have this product. It's a gift giving product. Um, so we also had a product that we've launched called Swear Jar, which is an integration for Slack. And um, if your team has it set up every time you cuss or use a buzzword that you set up, a dollar goes to a nonprofit of your choice. So those are our two main products right now. We're actually in this very exciting new phase, I guess, in the tech world, you know, called a pivot where we're doing something a little different that I feel like is going to really shape what our next product set is. And we're doing a nonprofit innovation series where we're actually hosting these in-person roundtable discussions um, of six nonprofits at a time. And we're like, you know, really just digging deep and identifying common problems that they're facing. As far as tech goes, as far as fundraising goes, as far as marketing goes, we ask them, if you were to have all the recess resources in the world, you know, what, what would you do and where would you go first, et cetera. And from those kind of ideation sessions, that's where our next launch product is going to be. So we're undergoing that process right now of this innovation series where we are having virtual discussions, we're having in-person discussions and really identifying like what are those pain points that are common across our nonprofit partners, then we're going to, then our team's going to go back to the drawing board, come up with some really creative new products to solve that for free, and then present those to, to our kind of test study lab rat nonprofits. You know, as I'm listening to you, the most fascinating thing that I keep hearing is this for free. Uh, for and, free. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's interesting to me because I've used a lot of these platforms and, and they're one sure. thing that I always see a lot of hidden fees. Yes. 
Uh, and like with the or where it's upfront fees or hidden fees. And then sometimes I've noticed, at least with some of my friends, it does turn off a few people. And I, I don't know. Is this it like does. A, is this standard practice? It or? does. This is, yeah. And, and you hear it a lot with, for the most part, I want to say well-intentioned businesses or tools that are offering maybe for a discounted rate for nonprofits or they have a product that's for nonprofits, but then there are hidden fees, like you said, or there are service charges, or they're taking a percentage off of every dollar that you bring in through that platform. I know a lot of the popular ones, the peer-to-peer fundraising um, has really been like a popular trend that's fantastic of people raising money to run a marathon or people raising money on behalf of their friend, you know, all these GoFundMes and all the those kind of things that people are doing are, it's a great concept, but you really need to read the fine print on that kind of stuff. A lot of times they're taking 9% of what you're bringing in. So if you're, if your friends are so generously donating money and you're so generously trying to promote a good cause, the last thing you need is some random third party business taking 10% of that money as a profit. And that's unfortunately what happens is just, there aren't companies out there that are funded like we are. With zero fees, zero anything. Everything that we do is for free. We don't have a profit. We're not recouping revenue. Money is just going straight to nonprofits and that's it. So someone listening is thinking, well, okay, that's a great concept. So you guys just admitted you're not making money. How, how are you... How are you getting paid, Brooke? How was everybody yeah. getting paid? How does that work? Teo, I thought that this was a, a four-paid interview. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I do it for free. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, so that's an interesting question. And, of course, we get asked that all the time when people are like, they're trying to figure out your scheme, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, sure, no fee, whatever. But, like, how do you guys have, you know, like, how are you paid exactly? Um, so we were actually founded and funded by philanthropists who, you know, had um, previously been giving large amounts of donations to various nonprofits and are very active on the boards of several large ones um, and just kept hearing these same problems over and over as far as there's no innovation in tech, there's, there's no free service, it's not a nice process when you, uh, for users when they donate online, et cetera. So they decided instead of um, instead of just giving one more donation to one of these nonprofits who are suffering the same issues, um, they put that money into starting Give Lively. So Give Lively was kind of funded with this goal from these philanthropists of if we can inspire uh, the new generation, the mobile user generation, to have a more frequent and joyful and unique and modern and exciting experience donating to nonprofits, then we'd rather invest the money there than just write another check to another nonprofit who felt like they, they felt like it wasn't really changing the game in a sustainable way. Yeah. So we were lucky enough to be kind of founded with that idea that one experimental tech lab for nonprofit will increase more dollars in the spirit of giving more than just one check to a singular nonprofit. No, no, I, I love it. And you, you, I mean, you all, as you're talking, I get the secret Santa vibe from, from, what, <laughs> from, from what you're doing. It, it's, um, and I, I think, I mean, I always love doing secret Santa, but I do get that, that yeah. vibe with the, the gifts given and um, that element. Yeah. You, you, talk, yeah. you talk a lot about tech innovation and you are an incubator lab. Why is there a lack of tech innovation in the nonprofit space? 
Um, you know, I feel like as far as nonprofits themselves are concerned, you know, they're spread so thin across whatever good work they're doing, whether it's an animal shelter, whether it's a woman's shelter, whether they're feeding underprivileged children, whether they're trying to create arts programs for after school kids in areas that they don't don't have access to them. So, you know, each nonprofit has their own mission that is so important and obviously the bread and butter of everything they're doing. The idea of somebody coming to work for one of those very focused on a cause and very fat, passionate uh, nonprofits that's just going in as a, a tech entrepreneur that's going to learn, you know, and, and have this budding career within that nonprofit just doesn't exist. It's not a place where tech minds are going. Of course, you have some some companies and some tech companies and some groups out there that are trying to create tech for social good. And they're doing some really amazing, admirable things. But when it comes to just a sole focus on nonprofits yeah. for free, it's just not a space that's made sense for young tech people starting out their tech career. They're not going to, they're not going to learn. They're not going to advance by working at a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for those listening, we're talking to Brooke Kearns, who's the marketing director of Give Lively. And uh, if you're just uh, listen, Give Lively is building innovative, modern, joyful tech products for nonprofits. Wait for it for free. And <laughs> all of the peer-to-peer uh, fundraising tools usually take an average of 9% of the money that's raised. So they're doing something that's, that's very, very different. And they're being innovative because they offer you know some of these innovative tech to nonprofits. And they, they with the added benefit of having a, a philanthropist as a founder... Are able to do all this for free while educating and creating the awareness that's needed. And a lot of people, a lot of millennials, a lot of younger generations are always looking for different ways to be activists online. Um, this is another platform that they that they can do, right? I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. that you, you've recently launched a few campaigns around diversity. Can you talk about those? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think we started to see, you know, like after the election, that there was just this rise of what a lot of kind of journalists were deeming the rage donation, right, is where you were frustrated with the things that were happening and the current events that were happening. And you, as, you know, um, I am guilty of too. I'm somebody that lives and breathes off my phone and getting information on my phone using my phone as a consumer. The obvious thing was to, to donate or to do something that was quick, that you're used to, you know, get either share a story on Facebook about how mad you are, or if you wanted to take it a step further, you would donate to a nonprofit that was servicing us that you felt like was going to be defunded. I mean, we've already seen a lot of that actually go into place yeah. with arts education, with PBS, with NPR, with public radio. You're seeing they're, they're really going to be cut as far as actual government funds going to them. So you see people having this reaction of I want to donate and I want to do something that is tech friendly and appeals to my lifestyle, but also makes a difference in a, in a quick way. So we had some, some interesting campaigns that were really successful kind of around that. And we tried to turn this rage donation into a positive, kind of a positive message and a hopeful one. So around the end uh, or the transfer of power during the inauguration time, we ran this campaign called Thanks Obama. And it was basically a play off of the negative memes that were so funny that you would see around the thanks Obama, like for everything that went wrong. It was just like, oh, there's bad weather in Seattle. 
hashtag thanks Obama. So we like played off of that just hyperbolic negativity that you saw towards the Obama administration and turned it into a positive one of a thanks Obama campaign where we created memes of all of the major accomplishments throughout, the, mainly the major social accomplishments and progress that was made throughout Obama's campaign where we had memes of a married couple at the courthouse that was achieving marriage equality. We had access, we had the the Equal Pay Act that was passed within Obama's first month in term that we said, thanks, Obama. Um, so there was a lot of just pointing out the major accomplishments, obviously, Obamacare being one of them. And we used that in, in our small token product as creating all these ads that were, you know, reversing the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Thanks, Obama. The positive thanks, Obama, and remembering his legacy with actually using Small Token, the product I mentioned, the gift-giving product, to send a gift to President Obama while he was still in office. And it was a gift to um, one of the fine nonprofits that really furthered the progress he made, one of which is the Obama Foundation that he started. Another is My Brother's Keeper, which he strongly correlated to in Chicago, which helps provide leadership skills for young African-American men in Chicago. So you actually would give a gift with a personalized note that you wrote that went directly to President Obama with a donation to one of these nonprofits that further progresses his work. So we saw like tremendous outpouring within like the first few days of launch. We had hundreds of people writing these long, very personal, beautiful, unique letters as to what Obama meant to him or her with a donation to a nonprofit to further the progress. So you see so much passion. And I think by having like these tech tools that are and these creative marketing ideas, like the Thanks Obama idea, um, really bridges the gap for people. Like they're used to seeing memes. They have a, a strong feeling about something. They want to make a difference. Giving them a tool like this Thanks Obama campaign was, we just saw a great success. And obviously when we see a great success, what that means is the nonprofits who are on the front line of, of progress are the ones that are benefiting so it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 phenomenal. That's phenomenal. I, I'm going to take a break to, to to talk about a little opportunity we have here. Are you a fan of healthy natural food? I'm such a fan. You're such a fan. What? Then you're in luck. I know. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me what. <laughs> so HelloFresh is one of our sponsors here, and HelloFresh is basically designed for the busy professionals in, in the world. And what they do is they're meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions 
designed to take about 30 minutes. And I, I've used, um, they sent me a box. They sent me their, their classic box. And I, and I used it and I cooked it and it lasted me for about three to four meals. I'm someone that eats a lot. So for, for me to, to have, you know, the ability to do that and also enjoy the benefits of having something healthy was, was, was pretty cool. So, you know, new, re- new recipes are created every week and you can basically order in a classic or veggie box, depending on whatever your diet, your, your diet restrictions are. And it's essentially like employing a full-time registered dietitian on staff who reviews each recipe and ensures that it is nutritionally balanced. For as told by Nomads listeners, if you want to take advantage of the special code offer, just enter TAYO, T-A-Y-O 35, T-A-Y-O 35, and you get $35 off your first week of deliveries. Go to HelloFresh.com, enter TAYO 35 at your checkout, and you get $35 off your first week of deliveries. So, Brooke. I'm so here. I was just so excited about my, my lunch delivery. <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed getting to know more about, you know, what you do at Give Lively. But I'm very curious as to you, what your personal thoughts are on, on the space. Mm-hmm. You, you've gone into, you started your career in Atlanta. You were in the IT space. And mm-hmm. then you, you had a personal discovery within yourself where you traveled and you sort of ex- saw, got exposed to different parts of the world. And as you right. saw that, you saw the growing disparities that might not be brought to light in some of the mainstream media. What personally in you has happened throughout the last year and a half as, as you start to see more protests come out, more people voice out mm-hmm. their thoughts, and more people really seek to be represented? Yeah. So I think what's really struck me recently is that there are so many well-intentioned people and organizations out there, right? Like I, I think I thought that there were some big players that I knew of, like I knew Planned Parenthood, I knew the American Art Association, I knew International Rescue Committee, I knew these bigger, more visible, for better or worse, politicized or often referenced nonprofit organizations or those organizations helping people. And I didn't know the just volume of nonprofits out there and also other organizations that are for good, not for good organizations that are all really, uh, what struck me is that so many are working for the same thing and they have the same mission and they have the same goals and they have the same struggles and they're not communicating or they're not able to have some sort of community portal or one's, you know, a universal tool for free that will work for them or someone who can give them insights or advice on how to raise money or um, even just to talk to each other. So I think I my main discovery has over the past year and a half has been there are so many organizations, there are so many even government programs, so many individuals who all want to make a difference and to do good and to do that within their specific passion area. And you know, I don't have the answer for it, but I, I think Give Lively is a start of a hub for that, at least from a technology and marketing perspective. The question that I ask myself is how do all of these well-intentioned people and organizations truly become the most effective that they can be and leverage all the resources and the knowledge and the power that's out there on every different level, from a government level 
from on the streets level, from people on boards at major corporations level, and then, you know, the actual caretakers and the actual truly devoted among us that are on the streets or in the shelters every day. How do we arm them with the tools that you're hearing in circles of psychologists and, you know, people that are, are creating this pursuit of a healthier all over lifestyle. Like how do we communicate and how do we bring everything together to make sure that we're as effective as we can be in these extremely important changes that we're all trying to see? No, I love it. I love it. And it sounds to me like you're, you're saying there is a problem with inequality in the world. Mm-hmm. But some people just don't know where to mm-hmm. start and mm-hmm. or how to start. And that can mm-hmm. sometimes cause some damage where you're not informed with the right type of information. But what you yeah. are, yeah, yeah. And what you all are doing, which is which I really enjoy, is that you're you're connecting people with the right organizations who are educating people on, on these issues. And I don't find yeah. that a lot of other nonprofits do that. I think we we are so reactionary and we just react, oh, something's going wrong. I've got to find the next any nonprofit that does this and I'm gonna go there. But you guys have vetted everyone and you know who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's, let's talk about the issues you care about then. Since you're, you're into women empowerment and you are obviously a magnificent lady, talk to us, talk to us. There are a lot of men, uh, male listeners. I'm a man. What is it that we can do to be part of this movement to, to help with gender equality? Um, I love you for asking that. And I would say that the biggest thing you just did, and I think there are so many men that, you know, for whatever reason are scared off maybe, even though they shouldn't be from from the term women's empowerment. And I think that happens with a lot of any group that's typically the privileged group doesn't see necessarily a lot of times their own privilege or or their own benefit over another group because it's just they never experienced otherwise. So it's not wrong for men to maybe be like, what? Like, you know, like you're, it's not that bad or whatever it is. They, they just need to kind of think, you know, what, what are the things that I take for granted every single day that because I'm a man in a patriarchal society and because men continue to hold such power in government and in big business and really hold the financial power of this country and of the globe, you know, there is just such benefit in everything, starting from the laws that were, you know, used to found this country. So there's just this generational and and constant gap in women's ability to, to have a say in, you know, what happens to her own body, what happens to her money, etc. So I would say, you know, what men can do is is first ask exactly like you did what they can do. I would say that men have the unique ability to shed light to the issue of women's inequality because they are the voices that have traditionally been the truth tellers and they're the authoritative, just naturally voices that we've always heard. And I think it really brings some added perspective when you have an outsider from the marginalized group speaking up for them because it's like, Oh, of course they're going to complain, you know, whatever. But when you, when you have somebody that's not of marginalized group really acknowledging and shedding light to it, it does wonders. And I would say too, like there's such benefits to men and boys from not being held to this gender binary of you have to be macho and you can't display emotions and you have to, act as if 
you know, you're in power and you're in charge. There's a huge toxicity to that that's there and you have to be aggressive and can't control your own libido. You know, like there's just this, this painting of men that's very unfair to men and very harmful to men that, you know, if there's a quality of the sexes really frees them to not have to try to fit into this kind of gender binary of being this aggressive, strong, macho, no emotion, angry, impulsive person that, you know, it's, it's just not true of because the anatomy of which you were born, you have these characteristics. So I would say, you know, it benefits men to care about women's inequality and, and to want to have equalness across pay, across government, across the amount of their ability to be safe and express themselves openly in society. So I would say, yeah, just supporting women and, and recognizing that there is a huge gap and speaking vocally out for them and standing up for them is so powerful. And plus, like, it makes women love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> well, um, Brooke, the, the, and for those listening, it's, you know, we live in a world where it's a very patriarchal world. And a lot of men don't like to admit that, you know, you know, and I haven't come from Nigeria and several, you know, of my fellow, you know, African countries, you, you see the gender equality much more pronounced there than maybe here, but right. that doesn't actually mean that it isn't there. So asking questions, like she said, is a great first steps, but you know, there, there is also that idea of acknowledging what our privilege is. You know, the fact that we, we gain access into certain rooms that maybe some, some women might not is a chance for us to say, wait, why aren't there any women in this room? Why don't we have right. any opinions? Also, women are the, they have the most powerful buying power. I mean, it's, if you're thinking mm-hmm. about it as a business, you've got to involve mm-hmm. women in anything that you're doing. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to try and create a product and dictate that. Um, also, I, I've also found applying, you know, the what if this happened to me type mindset. So what if people told you as a man what to do with your body? You know, what if people, um, told, uh, you know, were basically stopping you at every street corner that you went to and said, Hey, and they were just harassing you. How would you feel if that happened maybe 10 times every time you walked out within an hour? How would you feel? And mm-hmm. what kind of toll can that take on you? And just applying mm-hmm. that sort of empathetic type of thinking, I, I, I think, it, you know, it works in that. And also think of your mothers. You came from a woman, right? Think of your mothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. How would you want them to be treated? So it's one of those things that, 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 I've, that I've, I fully admit that I, even though I identify as a feminist and I'm very into gender, gender equality, there's still many things that I still need to learn. That's why I'm always asking the questions. Totally. Um, and I love your point of, of men being in rooms sometimes and really calling out, you know, like, where, why is there not a representation of women here and why is it not cool one? I, it just it reminded me of, I was reading recently about the first, like, the the founding fathers. And when they went to go draft their constitution, they were basing it off of an old, or or one that was actually already established by the Native Americans in the Western part of the U.S., which whatever, that's a whole other messy history of awfulness. But they (laughs) they invited the Native American leaders to come in to be like the advisory board, right? When they founded the, when the founding fathers were writing the constitution. And the first thing the Native Americans walked in and they said, where are the women? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like that those are, you know, like through our society, women have been shut out of those meetings. But it's so 
it's so important to call that out and to say, regardless of how powerful the room is and intimidating it is, it's so important to call out and not just women, like any underrepresented group, um, any minority that's not there. It's, it's so important that you use your privilege, um, to speak for those who, who cannot speak. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you're thinking as an employer from a workforce uh, point of view, there's always this, I, I hate this argument. People always say the talent pipeline is shrinking. But and I'm always saying, you're not taking advantage of all the talent. You, women mm-hmm. are half of the population. Minorities are a mm-hmm. significant part of the population. If you, mm-hmm. if you systemically and systematically you know, have systems that don't hire these people from these underrepresented groups, how, why would the pipeline not be, be reducing? I mean, it's, it, the world is becoming more diverse. So mm-hmm. it's not just going to be a homogeneous brand. Obviously, the homogeneous group is going to reduce. So if, if you, as, as, a, as a person of power and you're, you're employing, you're wondering how you can have more innovative and, and a wider uh, uh, talent um, pipeline, you know, the, you know, it just seems obvious that you should do that. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully... Hopefully we've uh, inspired some people to do the right thing as well, but also speak up and uh, not be afraid to, of how they'll look uh, in public. All right. So thank you so much for, for coming on the show. But if, if we wanted to find out more about your organization and what you're up to, where can we look? Yeah, go to givelively.org. You can also check us out on social and check out our product, smalltoken.org. So Give Lively, you know, that's our company that creates these tech products, but go to smalltoken.org. Um, and that is our gift giving digital product where you can give to a friend or family member or colleague, a donation to any 501c3 in the U S in their honor, uh, with no fees attached to it and send a cute little customized image and note, um, as a, as a way to have a impactful gift to a friend or an e-card to a friend. We are actually offering a matching program right now on Small Token. So any donation that you make to any nonprofit on Small Token, we will match up to $25 of your first donation. Wow. So check it out. Wow. Okay. We'll definitely check that out. But I can't let you go without asking you the mission statement of what this podcast is, which is use your difference to make a difference. How do you, Brooke, use your difference to make a difference? Oh my God! How do I use my difference to make a difference? See, 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 por supuesto, claro, claro. See, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, let's see. Since being in New York, I'd say um, you know, tr- traditionally within my tech career, I've been typically the only woman on a team. So that's been an obvious difference is right. to just add a different perspective and add that voice and thinking of a woman, which I have to say has been extremely helpful for my colleagues. And then in New York, since I'm an, uh, you know, a transplant from the South, I would say I've really been able to help at least try to help my colleagues in that are, you know, New York homegrown or Northeast homegrown really understand the different struggles and perspectives um, of people that they may not understand or agree with. When you see these things on social media or whatever, I've really tried to give a voice and a better perspective and background of some of these struggles that people in the South face and the difference of opinions that they have to try to just bridge that gap of like hate and misunderstanding. So I've I've tried to make a difference with my New York colleagues to say, you know, like Southern people aren't all that dumb. 
<laughs> uh, well, th- then I, I'm really, really, really so uh, so glad that you've done that because there's definitely that disparity. And you are um, an amazing person. Obviously, I've gotten to know you over the last uh, few months. But also now I'm excited that the audience gets to see kind of the cool things that you're doing with your company, but also uh, on a personal front. So thank you for, for spending spending that time with, with us today. And um, hopefully the audience has new ways and more information to, uh, to learn about ways they can be yeah. activists. Yeah. And if anybody in your, um, or if anybody in your audience is a nonprofit, please reach out or you can just email me, Brooke at givelively.org, B-R-O-O-K-E. Um, we would love to connect and see, you know, how we can help your nonprofit um, raise money or, or be featured on our site. Um, we are always looking for input from um, nonprofits. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes and send more people your way. But um, I can't thank you enough. You're doing amazing work. And, You're amazing. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. And, you know, I feel the same way about you. You're just a, a insane ray of sunshine. So it was so sweet for you to feature me. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about what you're doing. It's so important. And I'm a big fan. All right. Well, I'm a big fan. I hopefully, um, well, we'll see each other at the top, right? Let's do it. All right. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.